All right, shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for today. Thank you for another time in your presence. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you speak through, uh, through me today. Give us a heart that is receptive to your word. Father, I pray for insight in your word. I ask for utterance in the name of Jesus. Take absolute control of my mind. Help me to be able to communicate your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I'm speaking on having the mind of Christ. And most some of the things that I'll be talking about are things that you've heard before. But just follow me. Let's get the, um, the, 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 uh, the revelation or the message that I'm trying to communicate. And it's going to be in twofold. First of all, I'll be talking about Christ himself and then speaking on the mind of Christ. So please follow me so that I don't lose you along the way. I'm Maybe I'm going to speak on this for two or three Sundays, but um, just follow me so that I don't lose you. Because when I start out speaking about Christ first and then the mind of Christ. So in John chapter 14, verse 69, this is Jesus Christ when he was about to leave the earth, having a discussion with the disciples. He had told them that he was going away, he was going to be killed, and that he was going to resurrect again. And so this is Jesus having a communication with um, a discussion with the disciples. And he said in John chapter 14, verses, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. I mean, this is something that we have had so many times, the way, the truth and the life. What does it mean for Jesus to say, I am the way? He's not saying I am leading the way, but he's saying I am the way. He's saying I am the truth and he's saying I am the life. He, he just didn't say, I will give you life. He just didn't say, I will speak the truth. But he says, I am the truth. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. A very important statement. He says, if you had known me, you would know the Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Listen, he said, if you have known me, you have known the Father also. And from now on, you have from now on you know him and you have seen him. The disciples had not seen the Father with their visible eyes, but he's saying, From now on, if you know me, then you have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. And it's sufficient, it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me? Philip, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Now the question that Philip asked Jesus Christ in the Greek, diakonon, means that show, to show, to expose to the eyes, to give evidence of or proof of a thing, to show by words or teach. And so Philip was asking Jesus, show us a proof. Show the Father to us visibly. Let, let us see him or explain. Show him to us by your words and by your teachings. And Jesus Christ said, so the question Philip asked Jesus was that, I want you to show us the Father. And Jesus Christ answered that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. What Jesus Christ was answering him, if we take the second explanation of the word, is that if you have seen me, then you have evidence of the Father. You have proof of the Father. If you have seen me, then the Father has been shown to you in your eyes. It means that Jesus is telling um, Philip that if you have seen me, then you have seen a presentation of the Father, an image of the Father, who the Father is. 
So Jesus Christ is the image of the Father. If God was on earth today, what would he be doing? That is what Jesus Christ showed us when he was when he came to the earth. If God was on earth today, what would he look like? How would he approach sinners? How would he deal with situation? How will he deal with sicknesses? That is what Jesus Christ showed us when he was here on, on earth. And so Jesus Christ is the presentation, is the image, express image of who the Father is. And so Philip asked a question that we want to see the Father. We want you to show the Father, the Father to us. And that will be enough. And Jesus Christ said, if you have seen me, then you have seen the Father already. And then the other, the other thing that Jesus Christ said is that you know, you should know me. If you know me, then he said, he said in verse nine, have I been with you so long and yet have not known me? The Greek word is ginosko. Have not to know, to gnosko. It means to learn to know, to come to know, to get knowledge of, to feel, to become known or to be acquainted with. And so Jesus Christ questioned Philip that I have been with you for all the, these three years and you are saying that you still do not know me. But Philip's question was not about Jesus Christ. His question was about the Father. But Jesus said, how come you have not known me? It means that it takes us back to the point Jesus Christ made that I and the Father are one. And so if you have seen Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is saying, if you have spent time with me, if you have become acquainted with me, then you have become acquainted with the Father. If you know my ways and understand my ways, then you know exactly how the Father will also do his things. And so what Jesus Christ came here on earth to do is to show us how God will handle things, how God will walk with us, how God loves us, or how God will deal with situations. <clears throat> and so anytime you saw Jesus Christ dealing with any situation, that is exactly how God was going to deal with the situation. And so Jesus Christ came to show us a physical presentation of who the Father is and how he looks like. And that is why he said, if you have seen me, Philip, you have seen the Father. Philip asked that, show us the Father. Show us. We want to see the Father. As soon as you show the Father to us, we are okay. But Jesus Christ said, if you have seen me, then you have seen the Father. It means that, like the statement he made, I and the, my Father are one. And so whatever Jesus Christ was here on earth, that is exactly who the Father is. And so there was no need for him to show the Father. He had already shown them. And there was no need for Philip to ask that question because it has already been granted. It has already been shown to you. So Philip said, show us. And that is sufficient. But Jesus Christ said, how is it I've been with you so long and you don't know me? In other words, Jesus is saying, I am the father. So Jesus is an express presentation of the father. Philip wanted to see the father and Jesus Christ says, you, you already know the father because you know me. So whatever you see in me, how that is exactly who the Father is. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 15, the Bible says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. We have not seen God, but those that had encountered Jesus Christ, those that had seen Jesus, Jesus is the physical image, is the exact likeness, exact representation of God. And so Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, invisible God, the firstborn over all creations. 
For by him all things were created, that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, whether dominions, or principalities, or powers. All things were created through him and for him. This is something that we know, but I want us to meditate on the fact that Jesus Christ is the express image of God. I want this to sink into your heart that how Jesus Christ handled every situation on earth was the exact way God himself will handle every situation. I want that first of all to sink in your heart that Jesus is the express presentation of God. He's the express image. This is my first point. That you need to understand that when Jesus walked here on earth, the, the way he handled things, whatever he did, is the exact way God was going to handle things. And so Adam was created in the image of God, but Christ is a perfect reflection of the visible image of God. So likeness is like a, a, resemb a resemblance, but in the when we talk about the image, then this is the exact presentation of God. Exactly how God looks like. That is how Christ is presented. Exactly how God looks like with his compassion. Exactly how God looks like with his love. Exactly how God walks in power. How God loves people and how God approaches the problems and the issues that are faced in people's life. It's when you read the Gospels and you see how Jesus Christ was dealing with Mary and Martha. How Jesus Christ dealt with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, how Jesus Christ dealt with Lazarus and when he was sick and when he died, how Jesus Christ, when he encountered the widow woman, how he handled uh, the widow who had just lost um, her child, how Jesus Christ handled the situation, how Jesus Christ spoke to the disciples. Exactly, that is exactly if we were in the physical presence of God, if we were seated in, in the presence of God, that is exactly how God was going to act to us. And so if you are imagining, if you have ever heard this song, I can only imagine what, what I will do when I stand before his presence. Then when you are imagining that, match that with the gospel and see how Jesus Christ dealt with situations. That is exactly how God is going to deal with situations. When the disciples asked Jesus Christ questions, how he handled the questions and how he explained the questions, if we were sitting in presence of God the Father, that was exactly how he was going to handle it. The first step is Jesus is the express image of the Father, an express representation of the Father, and will do things exactly how God will do them. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, again, it stresses that who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. When you read the NIV version, it says that the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. And so of his being, talking about how he looks physically, talking about how his compassion, his emotions, and how he will deal with things. Christ is the express presentation of his being and so when the bible tells us if christ is the express presentation of god how god handles things how god thinks about things how god deals with people and the bible tells us that we should also have the mind of christ then that is really a big thing having the mind of christ if christ is exactly as god 
then having the mind of Christ as a child of God means having the mind of God. Means dealing with things the way God would deal with them. Meaning, it means that have the same, when the Bible says have the mind of Christ, it means have the attitude of Christ. Have the view of Christ. There are so many views right now in the world that when there are issues, people express so many views about those things. But the question you ask yourself, is that the view God will take on those things? Is that the view God will take? You know, in the world that we live in now, there's, we, we all understand that the news feed that we receive can be controlled. Like the feed that you have on your various social media um, um, platforms, they can be controlled. That the feed that you have, the news, and, and, and therefore if you shape your mind, if your mindset of you, if your, your way of thinking is, is in conformity with the news that you, the news that you receive or the news that you read or the information that you have either through social media or through um television or any other means that you have your inform that you receive information if that is how you process things and that's how you think about things if you just follow what is popular and what people are saying you might miss it and that's why the bible says we should have the mind of christ and so in how whichever way you hear when you hear things there is a way people speak about it, but you should have the mind of Christ concerning that situation. You should handle it the way Christ will handle it. So Christ, the Bible says that the Son is the exact presentation of His being, of the Father, sustaining all things by the power of His Word. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 John that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so Christ was in all forms, God. And now the writers of the Bible, the writers of Colossians, the writers, the, I mean, Paul writing Colossians, writing the book of Hebrews, trying to explain this to the people, that Christ was in all forms God. In Philippians, he's trying to explain to them that Christ was in all forms God. The man that you walked with, the man that you saw here on earth, the man that they, 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 um, they nailed on the cross was in all form God. And so after explaining this to them, he goes on to say that you as a child of God, you should have the mindset of Christ. This times that we live in, there's going to be a lot of deception. There's going to be so, the Bible has spoken about this time, that there's going to be deception. And so as a child of God, one of the things that you need to focus on every time is that your view concerning things, the way you view things, the way you view people, the way you view Whatever thing that people are talking about will be exactly the way Christ views it. And that can only be possible if you have the mind of Christ. And so my first point this morning is that Christ is the exact presentation of God. It's not that Christ will handle things this way and God will handle things in it. The God, the Father will handle things in a different way. They all work together in unity and in love. And so whatever thing we saw Christ do, that is exactly how God will do them. Christ came on earth to show us the way God does things. And so he came to show us how we should also live here on earth. It is God coming down on earth and showing us how to live 
on earth. If our life is going to please God, then our life has to be in conformity with God, with what Christ did here on earth. The Bible says, therefore, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. It means that as a child of God, you should have the mind of Christ, the thoughts of Christ. And this is possible through meditation and understanding the Holy Spirit. Having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Most of the times when we talk about this, it looks like it is so difficult, it's so complex. But the Bible has shown us the way to deal with all these things, the way to handle all these things. This morning, I want you to have the mind of Christ. Whatever news feed is going out there in the world, whatever things people are saying concerning the body of Christ, whatever things people are saying concerning people are saying concerning other people whatever things people are saying concerning the times that we live in you should have the mind of christ concerning those things the mind of christ is the attitude of christ usually when we talk about it we limit it to the fact that christ loved his love he's loving he's kind um he's gracious but Reading through the Gospels, seeing how Christ dealt with things, seeing the wisdom with which he spoke, seeing how he handled people, even when they were wrong, seeing how he handled people, the encounters he had with people who were, who were sinners or who were identified by the religious people of that time that they were sinners. Look at how Christ handled um, Zacchaeus, where, who everybody saw as a sinner. Look at how Christ handled the woman who was caught in adultery and the religious people of that time wanted to stone the woman. Look at how Christ handled that woman. Look at how Christ went to every length to make sure that he would preach the gospel. He says, for this purpose, I came here on earth to preach to the sinners. Christ did that, reached out to sinners with the gospel. If God was walking on the face of this earth, he would do exactly the same thing. And actually, God walked on the face of this earth and he preached to sinners and he healed the sick and he, he, he provided for people who were in need. And so Christ says, the, the Bible says in Philippians that you, child of God, you should have the mind of Christ. The Bible says that who being in the form of God, Christ was in the exact form of God. And he was aware of it, that as he was walking here on earth, he had the divine nature. He was God. He was in no way less God than he is now. He was God when he was walking here on earth. And that's why I say when people explain that text, that Christ became poor in spirit, when he was on earth, that cannot be correct. That cannot be right. That is that contradicts this scripture because this scripture says that being in the form of God, he was he was in every form, every shape or form. He was God. When he was walking here on earth, when they were cursing him, they were calling him the son of the carpenter. When they were saying all those things about him, accusing him, when people were plotting and finding ways to 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 um 
to crucify him. He was in every form God. When he walked here, and the disciples were saying, when, when the disciples were even doubting him, when his brothers, he, his early brothers were doubting him, he, he was still God. But Bible says he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. The meaning of this text, of that passage is that Christ did not see being God or being in totality, being in God, being in the form of God, something that he should hold on, on to. And that is why the people could not accept him as God. Because he did not hold on to it. He did not selfishly guard that, that reputation that I want you to see me as God. That in every place that he went to, when they called him, uh, um, um, that he was operating with Baal and that he had a demon, he could have proved that he was God. But he did not see it as something to hold on onto. When they nailed him on the cross, when they were going to arrest him, he could have proved that he was God. But he did not see it as something that he should hold on to. He did not see it as something that he should be selfish about. And that is why sometimes when you go to places and they don't recognize you by the title that you want them to recognize you with, don't be offended. Because Christ had the best title that anyone could boast about. God. If somebody says, I am God, that is like, that is the finality. And he's not just making that claims, but the Bible says that he was in all form, actually God. So he's not saying, he's not, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have just been saying that, oh, I am God. So everybody bowed to me. The fact that the, on, on an occasion where he said he was God, the people were going to stone him. When he said before, when he said that before Abraham was i am the people understood that he was saying that he is god and that's why they picked up stones to stone him that sentence if you bring it into english you would think that he should have said before abraham was i was but no he said before abraham was i am and so the people understood that he's referring to himself as the i am god and they became offended and wanted to stone him but the Bible says that he did not see this as something to hold on to. And so he could have proved to the people that he is really the I am. Before his crucifixion, he could have shown them that he is, he is the I am. But through the way he lived his life, he was telling the people that that is the way the I am God will live his life. And the Bible says that, and let that mind be in you. Christ is the exact image of God. The attitude of Christ is the exact way God will handle it. The power that Christ demonstrated is the exact way that God will demonstrate. And the Bible says, as a child of God, let that mind be in you. It means have the same attitude. Have God mentality. You should act like God. That is what the Bible is telling you. Is that impossible or too big? How can, you see, when we say, oh, how, then how can I act like God? I'm just a mere man. Paul told the, um, the, the Corinthian church that you act like mere men. He says he rebuked them that they were acting like mere men, which means they were not mere men and he wasn't expecting them to act like mere men. Is this too difficult to accept? That I know that we... 
religious people will want to convince us that, oh, we are mere men, so let's act like mere men. But the Bible says that we are not mere men. Paul rebuked the people of Corinthians because they were acting like mere men. And so, if the Bible is telling us that we should have the mind of Christ, if this was impossible, the Bible will not tell us to do. God will not tell us to do something that he knows we cannot do. So the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Other translations say, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ. You must have Christ's attitude. And Christ's attitude is the same as God's attitude. Being in the form of God, he did not think it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. Christ made himself of no reputation and became a, ser a servant. In the context of this scripture, it's talking about the servant attitude of Christ. And so I want you to understand me. In this context, the Bible is talking about the servant attitude of Christ when it talks about having the mind of Christ. However, when we expand the meaning of this verse from the context, we can say that God wants us to have the mind of Christ concerning things, the outlook of Christ concerning situations. When you hear things, when you see the people, don't be careful in these last days that you don't make the, the, the opinions of men influence who you are in Christ. The, don't let the opinions of men influence the way you think about other people. The way you judge things. Don't let the opinions of men influence the way you judge things. When you hear about people, when you hear things concerning people, analyze it from the God perspective. When men are accusing someone, analyze it from the God perspective. And the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, making himself of no reputation and taking upon him the form of a born servant. Right from his birth, lonely birth, he just took upon him a bond servant. A bond servant is a servant who, though he has his independence, has elected that I have my independence, but I'm going to serve my master with my independence. And so when a servant has, you know, they had this... Um, Laws where there were times where servants were set free. After serving for some time, they will, set free, they will be set free. Or when somebody has come to buy back the servant, paid the price that the master paid for the servant. Now that servant is free. So Christ came on earth. We were, set, we were slaves to sin. Christ came on earth and paid the price for our, our liberation, paid the price for our freedom. And now we have freedom. We are no more slaves to sin. And we are saying that even though I have my freedom now, I'm using that freedom to serve you. And that is a bond servant. And so even though the servant has been set free, but he will say that because of the kindness of the master to me, because of how good the master was to me when I was serving him, when I was um, um, serving him under the bondage, because of how kind and how good he was to me, I'm going to use my freedom to serve him. And so Christ made himself 
in the form of a bond servant. So when you take that decision that I'm going to use my freedom to serve you, then what that means is that I am your servant for life. I am going to serve you forever. And so when the servant takes that decision, then a mark is put on the servant. A certain mark is put on the servant to show that this servant, if it's the initials of the master, the initials of the master will be put on the servant to show that this servant forever, a mark that cannot be wiped off, it cannot be removed, shows that this person forever is a servant to this master. And so that is the thing that Christ came to do. And that is what we are also supposed to do. When we became born again, Christ sent that mark in us. And that mark is the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is a symbol. It's a, it's a guarantee. It's, it's, that is the initials of God on us. The mark of God on us showing that we belong to God forever. And so as a child of God, you belong to God forever. Now, let me come back to the message. So Christ is the, he made himself the bond servant and coming in the likeness of, of man. And the Bible says, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself. So first of all, Paul encouraged the believers that let the conduct, their conduct should be worthy of the gospel. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or abs I'm, I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs. Now, I want you to take note of this. It says that you stand in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Paul wanted all the believers to have one mind. It means that the way we act, we act and react to things as children of God should be the same, irrespective of our geographical location or color. The way we react to situations should be the same. If we have one mind, irrespective of our temperament, the way we react to things as children of God, if we follow the Spirit of God, should be the same. So Bible says that, that you stand fast in one spirit. If we are yielded completely to the spirit of God, if we have one mind as believers, then our actions and reactions will be identical. Irrespective of our geographical location. Irrespective of the culture that we are known to or the culture that has been exposed to us, our actions and reactions will be identical as children of God. Because we all have the same spirit. The Bible Paul encouraged the believers that your conduct should be worthy of the gospel. That if you are saying you are a follower of Christ, then your attitude should reflect the gospel that you preach. Your speech should reflect the gospel that we preach. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel. So believers are encouraged to be like-minded. Being it means that no matter where you are, if you are in Africa, if you are in Asia, if you are in Europe, or if you are in North America, as long as you are a believer, your mindset should be the same concerning things. And this, when you look at the expectation the Bible has of us, compare it to the church now, you see that we still have a long way to go as the body of Christ. This is how the Bible expects us to act. That will be like-minded. But you see that in the church, there is so many divisions. 
so many divisions. And that brother fights against brother, sister fights against sister. And all of them believe that they are fighting for God. That somebody will stand and accuse another person who is a one minister will accuse another minister. All of them believe that they are fighting for God. But this is what the Bible says. We have to be like-minded. If we are like-minded, there won't be divisions among us. And so you look at the body of Christ today. And look at the expectation that God has for us. We have a long way to go. But God's grace is sufficient. This is my out. This is how I look at the, I look at things when it comes to the church, when it comes to the body of Christ. There are things wrong in the body of Christ. There are things that are happening now that are wrong. But that is, I am part of that body. And so I will not point accusing fingers at the same body that I'm part of. There might be things like, it's like your body, your physical body, and there's something wrong going on in your body. You cannot just accuse your hand. That you, this hand, I was expecting you to move this direction, but you move that direction, and therefore you are causing me pain. It is your body. So when something happens that you don't like, you fix it. And so if something is happening in the body of Christ now, it is not in our part to stand and be accusing, oh, because it's not my church. But that church is part of the body of Christ. And therefore, it is not our place to accuse it. We are all part of the body. We are all one body. When Christ looks down, when God looks down from, from heaven, we are all members of the same body. And that's how I look at it. So if there's something wrong going on in another church, I wouldn't just say, oh, because I'm not part of that church, I don't care. Because I'm not part of that church, I'll, I'll be accusing them and saying all sorts of nasty things about them. But that is the body. That is the heart and mind of Christ. That is the attitude of Christ. That he wants his people to be like-minded. And so if we see another brother who is wrong, the Bible says that you who are spiritual, restore that person in the spirit of love. And so God wants us to be like-minded. So the church, the body of Christ on earth, has a long way to go. Because there is so much division in the body. But we pray that one day Christ will bring us to that place that will be united in the name of Jesus. The, uh, the, the New Living Translation says that above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. So even though we are here on earth, we are citizens of heaven. It's like you being a citizen of one nation but you live in another nation that is how we are we are citizens of heaven but we live in another nation which is earth so above all you must live as citizens of heaven when a citizen of a nation like america is in trouble anywhere the nation will bring together all their resources to help that person and that is why you must have the same mindset that because you are a citizen of heaven if there's anything that is going on here on earth, heaven will come to your aid. The Bible says, Conduct, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together. This was to the church. That the church will stand together in one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith. So the church is not supposed to fight among themselves. 
The body of Christ is not supposed to fight among themselves. Supposed, we are not supposed to accuse one another. We are supposed to stand together and fight for the faith. So believers are encouraged to have the same attitude irrespective of where they find themselves. So the Bible says, let the mind of Christ be in you. The mind determines your action. Whatever you do is determined by your mind. Your mindset determines how you handle situations. And so the Bible says, you should have the mind of Christ. If you have the mind of Christ, you act like Christ. When Christ was confronted with a storm, he didn't say, ah, this storm is just too much. He spoke with power and authority. And so when the Bible says, have the mind of Christ, have the same power, have the same mindset of power and authority. Don't say, okay, I have the character, but the power aspect, I don't, I don't think I have it now. The Bible says, have the mind of Christ. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. So you have the character, the power, and everything that Christ is, the fullness of God. And that is why Paul prayed for the church in Colossians, that you will be filled with the fullness of God. I believe that as we live here on earth, if we are going to live victorious life as believers, then we need to be filled with the fullness of God. And that starts with our mind. Have been tr transforming our mind to conform to who Christ is. So your mind determines your action. And therefore, if you're able to renew your mind and fill your mind with the word of God, have the attitude of Christ. You will handle things the way Christ will handle them. So when we have the mind of Christ, our actions will be in line with Christ. <clears throat> the way we do things will be in line with Christ. I will say, who being in the form of God? Christ, when he walked on earth, he was fully God and he was fully man. And he was still aware of it, that he is God. So he knew that he had all the divine attributes and the privileges that come with them. And that is why when Peter cut off the ear of one of the, the soldiers, Christ said, do you think that I'm not able to command legions of angels to come and fight, and fight for me? And so he knew that he had all the divine attributes and the privileges that came with it. But he did not think it is something to hold on to. Yet the people called him a Jew. He wasn't offended. They called him the son of a carpenter. He wasn't offended. They called him a man who had the chief of demons. He didn't, they, they didn't say he just had demons. He had the chief of demons. They beat him with thorns. They nailed him to the cross. He said nothing, but he obeyed the father. And the Bible says, let the same mind be in you. If men accuse you, if men say things about you, if people do things against you and you feel like you also want to react and do the same thing, that will hurt them more than, you know, the, 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 the purpose of people when they react or the objective when they react when people do them harm is that they will do something that is more harmful to the other people. And so when somebody says something that hurts you, you want to say something back that will hurt the person more. But Bible says Christ went through all this. He did not react. He obeyed the Father. And the Bible says that he did not think, I'm just going to summarize now and end. He did not think that being equal with God is something that he should hold on to. 
Don't be offended when people don't accept you for who you are, of who God has made you. Christ was rejected by his own brethren. And so, don't be offended. Because Christ even did not think that being equal with God, having a title God, was something to hold on to. So no title you have now can be compared to what Christ gave up. And the Bible expects you to have the same mind as Christ. He emptied himself of his God nature and took upon him the nature of a servant. Jesus served his disciples, even though he was God. And so two things that I want you to know this morning is one, Christ is the exact image of God, the express image of God. The attitude that Christ demonstrated here on earth is the exact attitude Christ, God would demonstrate in every case. The second thing is have the same attitude as Christ. You have the same attitude as Christ. That is what you should do. You must have the same attitude as Christ. And the Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ. So don't think less of yourself. Religious people want to convince you that, oh, we are mere men, we are sinners. We are just people who are struggling with sin and struggling to overcome sin. Don't have that mindset because that is not what the Bible says about you. That is, what the, not, that is not what the Bible expects you to do. The Bible says, have the mind of Christ. And so think about it. When you call yourself, oh, I'm a sinner. When you say to yourself, I'm a sinner. Is that the mind of Christ about you? Is that what Christ thinks about you? When you think to yourself, oh, this thing that I'm going to do, I'll fail. Is that what Christ thinks about you? Is that the mind of God about you? And so have the mind of Christ. In every situation, most of the times when we talk about having the mind of Christ, we only focus on character. But here, I don't want you to limit it to character. The fullness of God, the power that Christ had, the identity that Christ had of himself, and the identity that Christ has given you from Scripture, have the same mind. Be filled with that mind. Don't think failure. Don't think that you are going to lose. Don't think that evil is going to happen to you. You have the mind of Christ. Have the exact mind that God has concerning you. That's what the Bible is saying. Christ had the mind of God. And the Bible says you have the mind of Christ. Have the attitude of Christ. Do things like how Christ would do them. This morning, that's what I want to leave with you. That you should have the mind of Christ. Handle things the way Christ will handle them. See yourself the way Christ sees you. You are not what men say about you. You are what God says about you. You need to begin to change your mind. And this, to be able to have the mind of Christ, first of all, you must know the word and you must speak the word to yourself. If something is going on in your mind that is not in conformity with what the word of God says about you, reject it. Tune yourself. Tune your mind to what God says. Tune your mind to what the word of God says. You have the mind of Christ. And confess to yourself that I have the mind of Christ. In, Colo- in Corinthians, Paul says, we have the mind of Christ. He says, who has known the mind of God that he might instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. 
So tell yourself as a child of God that I have the mind of Christ. We'll continue from here, from we'll continue from this on the same topic next week, God willing. And so this morning, two things. Christ is the express image of God, and Christ is the express image of God, and the Bible wants you to have the same mind of Christ, then you should know that the Bible wants you to have the same mind as God. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, my prayer is that this message will sink deep in the heart of everyone who listened to me this morning, that will understand. Holy Spirit, I pray, take this words that I've spoken, you who is the excellent teacher, continue to teach this. everyone who has heard me this morning. Continue to teach them until they catch the revelation of what the Bible is communicating to us and what God has made us. I pray, Lord, please use this word to teach us. Let us understand what having the mind of Christ means. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you. Um...